0: Press so met Press so Press Another episode of Crystal Meh.
1: Hi everyone.
0: Hi, it's Leslie Anderson and Mark Dornan.
1: Hey.
0: So today I'm going to discuss the tulpa. And I don't know what Mark's discussing today. I have no idea. It's a complete mystery, but we'll find out later.
1: Tulpas are also a mystery to me, so we're doing a, a, a mystery to each other episodes. You I picked it but I picked something that, that you'd mentioned that I don't know anything about but that sounded interesting and then I'm going to do something that I find interesting that I think you'll find interesting and okay. maybe together, maybe it won't let's find it out.
0: So the toolpath is, well when we were speaking about children and their imaginary friends mm-hmm. the toolpath ties into that but it's not, now this is going to sound really weird but when you're a child and you have an imaginary friend supposing it is purely imaginary that you can control what that imaginary friend does whereas a tulpa is something that a person has deliberately manifested in their mind so that it becomes sentient and lives with you until the day you die so once you manifest a tulpa And it can be in any form you want. It could be in the form of some historical figure. It could be in the form of an animal. Or it could be in the form of an object, even. Could it
1: be in the form of Keanu Reeves? Yeah, yeah. Well, then I'm very interested. Carry on.
0: (laughs) But it wouldn't be actually Keanu Reeves. It would be a newborn sentient thing that exists. But it can only exist in the realm of your brain or your mind if that makes sense <laughs> so it becomes a part of like, you can't no one else can see it but you can see it and it can talk to you you can talk to it you can interact with it you can and people say that they want to become more and more sentient that they can actually influence your life so the term tulpa Originates from mysticism and Buddhism in Tibet. Okay. And it is um it's a so it's an ancient idea um that means manifestation. It's got the word yeah. So tulpa is also known as a sprupa. It's a Tibetan word meaning emanate. I can't say it. No. Emanation. Emanation. That's it. Emanation apparition okay. or magical illusion it's modeled on an estuetic procedures of Tibetan mystics who we are often told have been producing sentient mental entities through meditation for centuries the Dalai Lama you know the Dalai Lama that lovely man, yes, uh, big man. yeah so he is a sort of tulpa um, and the fact that he's a re- reincarnation of a buddha or something or a Lama, i think what it's like a spiritual leader in buddhism that gets reincarnated and he's even suggested that because the chinese government you know what they're like with the tibetans they want to control who's going to be the next dalai lama but obviously that's not how it works (laughs) yeah not how it works and And his fear is that if the Chinese government decide to choose their own Dalai Lama over who he deems is going to be the next one, because he is the living embodiment of the Dalai Lama, he said that when he turns 90, he could actually know who his successor is before he dies. That's... Because it's... It's tapping into the the realm of the tulpa, where he knows who he is before he dies, because the tulpa is with you until you die. It's a strange concept. So like,
1: uh, <laughs> so, so right, hold on, I'm trying to. This is one of these ones that's making my head melt again. Which <laughs> me melt. so he, the first Dalai Lama was a Buddha because he was like enlightened, and he could make a tulpa. And if they stay with you for your whole life, they've all got the same tulpa so the current so the same,
0: partner. yeah they're the same tulpa that gets reincarnated over and over
1: so the tulpa gets reincarnated as well yes right.
0: because okay. because the tulpa is is like it's like merged. it's like a companion that's that's linked to your mind so you can't extract that tulpa once you create it it's there you cannot get rid of it no matter how much you want to get rid of it it won't go away because it's like your child it's like your baby And it grows with you. And if when you die, the Tulpa dies with you. But in the case of the Dalai Lama, because he's a spiritual leader, it gets reincarnated again with him as the Dalai Lama.
1: That's quite nice. I'd like to think that um, if I was reincarnated and Keanu Reeves and I were together, but he was my magic, (laughs) Keanu Reeves, we would still get to carry on together in our next life. Also, the cat seems to be really into it because he's uh, climbed up next to the laptop and is purring quite a lot. I don't know if it's just your voice today or if he's into tulpas
0: maybe your cat is a sort of tulpa
1: maybe no one's seen him but me
0: (laughs) (laughs) maybe maybe your cat has its own tulpa
1: oh i like that idea
0: so there's a whole community mostly men strangely enough that call themselves Tulpa mancers, and it started off with uh, Have you heard of bronies?
1: I've heard of bronies, yes.
0: Right, so bronies <laughs> are like men who are obsessed with the more recent My Little Pony Friendship is Magic show, and they decided to make up their own tulpa version of one of the ponies. Which <laughs> is crazy. There's a whole community about it, and they they started. Uh, a whole movement of tulpamancy where people mostly lonely kind of men create their own little companions tulpas and funnily enough there's a vice article all about it that i found called meet the tulpamancers the internet's newest subculture is incredibly weird so they and they create semi-sentient sentient imaginary animal friends who live in their brains sorry mark what were you gonna say
1: so they are creating, like, I don't know the names of any of the My Little Ponies, but I'm aware they have, like, a name in, like, I don't know, Sparkle Muffin or whatever. So <laughs> so they are in love with Sparkle Muffin, the cartoon character, so they create their own Sparkle Muffin that's then, like, their pony wife.
0: Yeah, they, they say that they can have sex with their tulpas, but people who have written guides on how to create a tulpa disapprove of creating tulpa solely for the purpose of sex because it's like well how would you feel if you were born just to be a sex slave Isn't yeah like it?
1: Although I obviously like the idea of having a Keanu Reeves Topa because well he's beautiful, but
0: what, you bang him do? You? That's it. You don't really want well, to have
1: no, it. That's what I was going he to say. I just kind of want a beautiful Keanu Reeves around the house, but I wouldn't bang him because yeah, you... <laughs> consent is important, Leslie, and I don't think a Topa can consent. Can a Topa consent?
0: I mean, it's not to say that you couldn't ever bang him if you got to that point. You could. <laughs>
1: yeah. Once Topa, Keanu Reeves and I got to know each other, it would be fine.
0: Yeah. And remember you were talking about Kitsune, Kitsune keeps coming up. Well, there was, in this Vice article, there was a guy called Magic, who um, invented, he created his own tulpa called Kitsune. Magic Magic Johnson, the
1: famous sportsman. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. magic yep. in this
0: case is a polish name spelled m-a-c-i-e-g i have heard that name before because my boyfriend used to work with a lot of polish people and one of them was called magic which i found very amusing this magic guy has created a, a um a tulpa called kitsune it says here but i'll read from the article so kitsune was a mercurial orb hovering above a marble obelisk magic looked at her what do you want to be he asked the orb vanished then magic heard the pad of feet on grass he whirled around there she was naked with large fox ears and a bristly tail she looked at him with large primitive eyes when magic opened his eyes he was lying on his bed in his house in i don't know how to pronounce that Rock, Racklaw, poland forgive me polish people outside it was a gray day he jumped up sat in front of his laptop and got in touch with me I did it, he's here, he typed into Skype. Can I speak to her, I replied. Magic paused and listened internally. In between his thoughts came a sweet little tone. Seemed to move his fingers automatically. Hi, I'm Kitsune, and I'm a tulpa. So they, they, they offer this article saying that he got in touch with this magic guy, and he is in the form of his tulpa. Kitsune is talking to the journalist. Through that
1: his... seems less creepy. Because it starts off with her already existing, she just doesn't have form. It's almost like they were dating, but she just didn't have a body yet.
0: Well, there is a guide on how to manifest tulpas. I haven't read the full guide right. um, of it, but it's it's called Kaya, Kaya Dadge's Absolute Guide to Tulpas. <laughs> it's like a Google Doc that I found um, that was linked to that base article and he says on his guides you'd think of all the things there would be to answer about this phenomenon this simple question so this is what is a tulpa in his article This simple question would be one of the ones that could be unfortunately no as sure as some people think they are no one knows for sure exactly what a tulpa is not only are there multiple beliefs on the entire matter but also there are many different branches of belief for each belief here, I will cite the What is a Tulpa guide from the website itself. I choose to cite this because I tend to agree with what is in here. So he's put a link oh, to the wiki page about Tulpa, but oh, it's not found. Okay, funnily enough. <laughs> <laughs> says basically, what do I personally believe? I view Tulpas as another consciousness within our own body in the exact same way that we are consciousness. The only difference between us being that we are born tied to the physical body while the tulpa was not. It exists within the body and would obviously die if we died but it isn't tied in the same way we are. Pretty much everything we have ever experienced in life was due to our five senses. Tulpas however are not limited in that way that we are so I believe that everything we are capable of so are they And everything they're capable of, so are we. Since we cannot be sure of exactly what a tulpa is, it's up to you to decide for yourself what you believe. Okay. What do you think?
1: Um, I have several thoughts. I don't think it's unbelievable that one could exist. I feel like if they're actually physically tied to you and occupy the same mind space as you and then you start dating them, that's really weird because you're basically banging your twin and should go to jail. Even if they're your mind.
0: Okay, well, yeah. I suppose if you created it, if you're considering it that you birthed this thing you're thinking of it in an incestual way yeah i don't see it that way
1: well i don't i mean the way that you're saying there that he said oh there's different ways you could look at it i feel like it kind of started off as though like they're your child so creepy and then like they're your twin so creepy but he's also saying that like we don't really know what they are and if they're were originally created by sort of meditation and coming out of your own body. Maybe it's like something you invite into your mind rather than something that already existed within you. And then this whole, Mm. she sounds like she already existed prior to him giving her form. So like that's less creepy. If you're inviting some other being to share your body, but that doesn't mean it's related to you in any way. So I'm fine with that. You can date them all you want.
0: But tulpas literally exist because you have manifested them from your own thoughts. It's like a kind of magic, sort of sorcery. So they mm-hmm. never existed before you actually meditated them into being.
1: Okay, in that case, it's creepy if you date your tulpa. Don't date your tulpa.
0: I don't think. I think it's. I think it's quite good. Like, say you're a really lonely person and you don't. You're. You're not too great socially. Interacting with people then you could create a tulpa as your silent companion. Like, it's not like... I wouldn't suggest you talk out loud in company to your tulpa because then people won't understand and will think you're actually mental. So you should just talk to them in your head. But then that sounds like your schizo, doesn't it?
1: Well, to be and fair, I'm- now I'm feeling like if I was out somewhere and someone was talking to what appeared to be nothing and I was like, what are you talking to? And they went, my tulpa, I'd be like, you're shagging them. And if they said no... All good. I'm not judging. <laughs> yeah, like I think they good, You
0: sound me. like you sound like one of those um those Christian people that say don't don't bang anyone before marriage or you should be pure. <laughs> you're one of those purity people.
1: I'm like, a to
0: you bang your tool pad, bang it.
1: Mental it's being just... purist.
0: Yeah. Like it's I
1: think weird. you want one for companionship because you're lonely. Like that's lovely and very very cute, but. Again, you're kind of like giving birth to them out of your mind. Like, think if you were at a party and was, like attractive couple there and you were chatting to them and they were lovely and you were like, oh, you're so pretty, you're so nice. And then we're like, oh, how did the two of you meet? And they were like, oh, we're twins. Like, okay, well, that's fucked up.
0: Well, what's fucked up is that this tulpa will not go away. So, so if you created it, then if you ignore it, that's hurting its feelings and damaging it. Um, it's like having a child. Well, like you say, it's like um, having a child and then abandoning it. So if you decide that you want to date someone or you meet someone that you love in real life, a re- like an actual human being, flesh and blood, and you decide that you want to bang them instead for life, then and then you d- you neglect your tulpa. Then that's that's going to affect that tulpa.
1: I mean, I should imagine. It's so. not like
0: it just. It's not like it just runs away and goes to someone else it can't do that because it's tied to you and your consciousness forever
1: yeah like if i was brought into existence just to date someone and then they were like actually i've met somebody else but you still have to live in my house and go everywhere i go yeah that's horrible
0: so yeah i suppose there is um you need to be really careful if you want to have a sexual relationship with your tulpa, because there'll be consequences if you decide to then leave that tulpa for someone else and dedicate all your time to someone else. I mean, you could cheat on your partner with the tulpa. It's not like they're going to know.
1: But then I feel like that's just coming to your new partner and your tulpa partner.
0: Well, maybe the tulpa might think if, if it gets along with the, the real person that you're with, your human companion, it could be like a sort of threesome because it exists in your mind.
1: Maybe your new partner could also have a topa, and then all four of you could be in like a big sort of polyamorous um,
0: <laughs> Yeah!
1: Or, because I'm still slightly creeped out by people having sex with their own topa now that I understand what it is, you could have a topa to like hang out with and then you could meet someone else who also has a topa to hang out with because they also don't like like massive social situations and then you could end up dating, and then your tulpas could end up dating, and then you could all live together in a big...
0: Yeah, potentially you could. House. <laughs> There's a whole community where people take pictures of, like, an empty field or a street and say, this is where I banged my tulpa last night. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How romantic.
0: Yeah, but it's just a picture of a street You can't because you can't see the tulpa. It's just an empty place. <laughs> There's loads of them. I bet if, you, if you're a Reddit user, if you go on Reddit and check out the, the tools the subreddit, there's loads of information on there. So back to this guide, he said that how do you create a tulpa? So he said, this is largely explained in the later part of the guide, but we'll give a brief overview of the process. So first, the tulpa develops sentience through your talking to it, and in brackets, maybe giving it a predefined personality. Then, as you practice visualising your tulpa's form in your mind's eye, it gets clearer and more distinct, like anything would if you visualised it enough. Your tulpa's form can be absolutely anything you want. Anything from another person to a chair. Honestly, anything you can think of or nothing at all. Your tulpa becomes vocal over time and you're eventually able to hear it. Sometimes your tulpa's ability to speak happens at nearly the same time as sentience develops. You're just unable to hear them yet. Then you may begin in position where you can experience your tulpas form of your five real world senses. Then you can try side experiments such as possession, but you don't necessarily have to do it all in that order. So another thing about a tulpa is if you can if you get more and more experienced in working with these tulpas, the tulpas can overtake your body as in a, like a, I think they call it a meat puppet. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> it's a bit like, I always have to compare things to films, so, like, you know the film Get Out? Yes. Now, I know that's a film about white people taking over black people's bodies, so they're not technically tulpas, but if you think of the tulpa as a white person, and you know in Get Out, where the black person's mind gets pushed back into some sort of uh, deep hole. Yes. You know, try to describe it, and then you can see, like, a little light, and that's where the white person is. hmm So you're no longer in tr- control over your own body. That's what a tulpa...
1: And is that seen as a positive thing?
0: Well, for the tulpas, yeah.
1: But what about, like, why would... Oh, no,
0: the, the, the tulpa and their, their person... Yeah. ...is a one person... Yeah. Um, but it can be dangerous sometimes. If you trust your tulpa completely, then that's fine, and your tulpa doesn't have like a complete mind of its. Well, it will have a mind of its own, but you can kind of like you have a good relationship with it. So it's purely when you completely trust your tulpa, you can let them do that, so that it can spe- it, it can experience the five senses of being a human for a while, because you can um, go to the tulpa's world. Um, it's called a wonderland. So that's how people manifest tulpas, well, what these um, tulpamanses say, is that how you do it is you have to meditate, you have to practice and meditate and meditate, and put yourself into, you have to manifest like a a world, and they call it a wonder world, or a no wonderland, so it could be anything, it could be anything you like, say your favourite place is the beach, or you like an old medieval castle, or what would where would Keanu Reeves live?
1: Um, I feel like in my mind's eye, Keanu Reeves lives in a like gothic castle in the hills in Eastern Europe somewhere. There's no reason for me to believe that, but in <laughs> Keanu Reeves fantasy, that's they probably are. one way to.
0: So you would just imagine that. So you start off with that lance and then you eventually manifest Keanu, your topa, Keanu Reeves, into that environment. And the more you do that, the more you he will become manifest and will become a tulpa, and he that's where he exists in that dimension in your mind, because he can't he can't manifest in the real world. Although there are like episodes of the X Files, for instance, and and on Twin Peaks, I'm going to cover that because David Lynch loves a tulpa, where they can exist in the real world. Okay. But in the sort of tulpamancy they, they, they can't actually manifest as a physical being the only way they can do that is to overtake your actual body
1: so like i'm still using keanu reeves although i'm now not sold on keanu reeves being my tulpa because I'm still being a tulpa print so i'll just go out with the real keanu reeves and make another tulpa that's just like my pal but <laughs> if keanu- <laughs> we're going out now keanu reeves surprise um, so if Keanu like... Reeves was my tulpa. so Ooh. so according to tulpamancy if Keanu Reeves wanted to have spaghetti bolognese and actually taste it then he could go into my body
0: yeah,
1: go hang out in his gothic castle, just cut about there looking at his paintings and things and he would be in my body having spaghetti bolognese well if you want <laughs> sorry to... the example I've come up with is really weird <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you want to touch Keanu Reeves in the Tulpa world you have to meditate yourself into the wonderland where his castle is where he lives Okay. and then you can eventually because like that guy says in the guide at first you might not even be able to hear his voice but eventually you will be able to hear him and then that progresses into once you meditate more and more progresses into you'll be able to actually physically touch him in the wonderland world so you can feel them with your senses. It's like Sorry, I'm because you, said,
1: you can physically touch Keanu Reeves in the Wonderland.
0: Yeah, and that's where they have sex with them as well in their tulpa land. Because if ah. he's taken over your body, the only way that you will be able to have sex with your tulpa if he's taken over you. I think what they say is it's like it's like having a, w- <laughs> a wank in the imaginary world. I don't. Know. <laughs>
1: I'm glad that you laughed mid-sentence because you went to say that as so though that was like a really serious statement. <laughs> it's like having the wank in the imaginary world.
0: Well, it's like if you put yourself into a sort of hypo meditative state whilst having a wank, you're not having a wank in the real world, you know, like you've got your wee wank bank and that gets you off like you're imagining sexy scenarios. In the toolpiffing thing, when you're actually having masturbating. <laughs> you're meditating so much that you're not experiencing the feelings, say, whatever you're doing it. I would imagine in your bed or, I don't know, a private space. You're in that wonderland doing it and that's how you have sex with your tulpa.
1: Is that where Sting goes when he's doing his tantric sex stuff? I say because you're close personal friends with Sting. Sting? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's not
1: Meditative tantric sex
0: possibly maybe having um, Trudy, Trudy, what,
1: Trudy's second name.
0: Trudy go into their wonderlands and yeah but then they would be having sex with their own tulpas not themselves
1: so Trudy is having tantric wonderland sex with Tulpa Sting and Tulpa Stein's having tantric wonderland sex with Trudy
0: I mean I've no idea that's purely theoretical right now yeah
1: that's quite a lot of speculation again I'm stating things as though we now know that for a fact that's exactly what we are doing
0: this is turning into a, like a sex and um, the joy of sex with your tulpa. <laughs> 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 so like I mentioned schizophrenia because people think well if you're hearing voices and you're convinced they're real and you're hallucinating then that sounds like you're you've got a mental illness. But a lot of people who've psychiatrists and that who've studied these tulpa say that they're not schizophrenic it's completely different because people with schizophrenia have no control over the voices or anything like that whereas people who have tulpas they've created them themselves and the tulpas are there to help but sometimes tulpas it can turn into a horror story like this guide um, to tulpas that this guy's written he said why you should not create a tulpa and things to consider so he says, there is the occasional horror story in which a tulpa takes over the body and the host is unable to regain control. Some of, the, some of the stories entail a tulpa who hurts the host or is extremely mean to them or hates them. I personally don't believe any of these claims, but if you do, there's a reason not to make a tulpa right there. But beyond paranoia, there are a lot of completely legitimate reasons not to create a tulpa so it says a lot of people these days don't realize just how serious a matter this whole thing is many people don't think much farther in the future than when their tulpa is complete and they can have fun with them they don't seem to completely grasp the fact that this is a lifelong commitment your tulpa will be with you for the rest of your life he's emphasized and they will be some form of responsibility that entire time you need to truly understand the weight of this before you decide to make one shouldn't be a decision you make in a night and then he says i made my tulpa the very day i found out about the phenomenon i still occasionally regret that fact to this day this is something that you should research and think about maybe even for a few weeks it should not be an impulsive decision it's another life we're speaking of also i'm going to stop you children right here you should not make a tulpa so he's saying children shouldn't do it I suppose because they're mental, they're mentally still developing. So creating a tulpa probably wouldn't be a good idea because you need yeah. to be sure mindset they're saying. And I suppose it would, it would, it would impact your social development and your mental development if you're creating a tulpa at a young age, because then you should be encouraged to go out and you might end up just living in your own little world with that tulpa and not developing proper relationships.
1: It's it's just drop dead red.
0: Yeah. Well, is Fred a
1: tulpa then? I feel like from yeah. your description of what a tulpa is, he is. She was alone yeah, child, can't... she didn't really have any friends, she felt her parents were distant, so she got Fred and then Fred went away because they thought she might have something psychologically wrong with her, but it turned out she didn't, and then Fred came back, but it was difficult for her to lead a normal life because Fred was there. Yeah, but
0: then Fred then goes on to... Matt Dick himself with another girl at the end of that film so in that sense he's not a tulpa because the tulpas stay with the original host
1: mm. yeah fair oh, point yeah, I rid of him in the end I um, you know, like the idea as well when you were saying that the guy writing the article was like and sometimes I regret it because just in my head I had the average of like, him typing in the tul- the tulpa leaning on his shoulder and being like do you sometimes regret it you boring fuck like bad times me bully tulpa <laughs>
0: So, in this Vice article, there's a wee bit more about the Wonderland thing. Um, so, it says, for people who want to experiment with the energetic mush of the mind, there are guides that explain the tulpa creation process, also known as forcing. A topamancer must create an imaginary environment called a Wonderland, where they begin to interact with their tulpas. So, there's someone called Ellie here, and she's saying, quote, my Wonderland is a little forest grove. I'd imagine myself there hanging out with my tulpa and we'd talk or we'd go explore basically the same stuff you would do with a friend in real life, end quote. And then it says, after first meeting their tulpa in the Wonderland, hosts begin to feel odd pressure in parts of their head. This is their tulpa beginning to communicate. As the forcing process continues, the tulpa's voice becomes clearer. Ultimately, a practitioner can impose their tulpa on reality by creating a realistic hallucination. One guide pegged the amount of time it takes to do this is at least 200 to 500 hours. well voice is the most common way tulpas communicate with their host. Tulpamancers can learn to st- stroke their tulpas fur, feel their breath on their neck, and even experience sexual contact. And then tulpas get curious about their host body, someone to experience life as a meat person or puppet. Indulgent hosts then use a practice called switching, which allows their tulpa to possess their body while they watch from the ring side of consciousness, like I was explaining, like and get out. For some, this sounds dangerous, it's close to schizophrenia or dissociative identity disorder. But the tulpa man says that's not so. In 99% of cases, the host can choose to switch back at any time. So it's not like the tulpa is forcibly possessing them and making them become a different personality.
1: Yeah, they're like letting the tulpa.
0: Yeah. It's and like if,
1: like wonder- if you let someone drive your car, but then if they were being too reckless, could just magically be back in the driver's seat and they'd be by the side of the road.
0: Yeah. So it's like um, they were saying, well, you've had enough now. I want to come back to my body. And the tulpa were like, ah, right, that's fine. I'll just go back to the Wonderland then or whatever. With the schizophren- schizophrenia things, it also says that tulpa could be a sort of. Therapy, so it could offer a free alternative that doesn't require institutionalism and social isolation. Some tulpa has already use the practice to self medicate. So there's a guy called Sam who says, quote, I have been suffering from depression and suicidal thoughts for a decade now, says Sam from Maryland. My tulpa would try and attack my anxiety and even forcefully possess my hand to keep me from harming myself with a knife. But they said, What about the 1% of cases where switching turns sinister? says take the strange case of Coomer and Oguji. Coomer was a tulpa mancer who documented his attempt to have his tulpa Oguji oh so Oguji's his tulpa name take permanent possession of his body, eventually having a breakdown. Well see you don't don't ask them don't force them to take possession permanently of your body. That's a Yeah I mean,
1: that seems like a bit of a be care yeah, be careful because if you give your to put permanent possession of your body, it will have possession of your body. Like Yeah, you're uh-huh. giving
0: him permission to do that. <laughs> yeah. So he says, I know what happened was not a Gucci's fault. Coomer blogged earlier this year. I don't know what year that was. All the bad things came from a year of stupid behavior inspired by my reckless pursuit to switch permanently. Don't try to have your tulpa take over, not because they would harm you in any way, but because other entities will harm you if you open yourself up to such a level. I did that and it nearly made me schizo, okay? So this is Coomer's case is rare. And for Vessier, this is someone else. Schizophrenia could be understood as an incapacitating example of involuntary tulpas. Therefore, by forming positive relationships with their symptoms, sufferers can start to recover. It's an idea shared by the Hearing Voices movement, who challenged the medical models of schizophrenia and suggest that pathologicalisation aggravates symptoms. So someone says, my schizophrenia manifested itself by having many thoughts and ideas all conflicting and shouting at me, says Logan, who wanted his last name withheld. Turning them into tulpas gave those thoughts a face, and allowed them to be sorted out in a way that made sense. Hmm, that's quite interesting. So people who say, like, oh, I'm hearing voices and stuff like that, they're saying that a way that they can control that so that it doesn't become harmful is to turn them into tulpas with personalities that isn't harmful, that they can understand better.
1: Yeah, rather... I I get how that would make sense, like, rather than having a negative voice shouting at you in your head if your negative voice is in your dreamscape and it's, like your new imaginary friend kinda, who, you could just be like shut up <laughs> like you're all shouting at me
0: yeah it's like well who are you why am i hearing this and people tend to think well it's a devil talking to them and they're telling me this and that and they turn it into something really negative which can cause harm to themselves and others but if you i believe that that naming naming things is really powerful um so like there's an ancient egyptian story about the goddess isis that she went to the god the sun god ra and he wouldn't reveal his name because by by revealing his true name that entitles that gives the person who knows his name if you know the 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 true name of ra then that grants you all of his powers. It gives you power. So she went and found out, well, she had to trick Rand to giving him her name, his, giving her his name by, I think she poisoned him with her saliva or something so that he basically had to give her her name, her, his name, in order to not die so that she would heal him. And by Isis knowing his true name, then that gave her a lot more power, made her a more powerful goddess than she was. So I know I'm getting really... <laughs> I don't know if I'm confusing you here, but if you're a schizophrenic and you've got these voices in your head, if you give them a name and a face and a personality, you'd have a better way of having more power over them than they have power over you.
1: Yeah, I think that it's like when people name ghosts, when they can't actually communicate yeah. with the ghost. So if you move into a house and there's a ghost in it and it's terrifying because let's say, a floating woman in a white wedding dress just, like, sometimes randomly appears in your hallway and you're like, ah, it's the woman in the dress. But then if you're like, let's call her Louise Magoo, and then she'll appear and you'll be like, Louise Magoo, you're in the way. Louise Magoo appeared in the hallway again last night. Did you see Louise Magoo? I feel like, yeah, that de- de-monsters them. They don't, they're no longer a monster. They're an entity. They're a being because they've got a name.
0: Yeah schizophrenia is a serious issue and there is a difference between creating tulpas and having schizophrenia and they are not one and the same thing but it's just a theory that people have that if you have a male form of schizophrenia it could be like an involuntary tulpa that you've made you don't realize you've done it and by taking control of that tulpa and giving it a name and giving it more of a personality it will evolve into something better there is a very very slight chance that it could turn bad, which is the scary part about tulpas, because I don't haven't read into how you cage a tulpa if it gets bad, because it's stuck with you. Once you've created one, you cannot kill it, yeah. and, like you die. So the only way you can kill it is by killing yourself, because it dies with you.
1: I think it's interesting that these tulpamancers have said that they don't agree with like the medical treatment of, or the psychological treatment of schizophrenia, and that you should look at it in this way, because actually is it not the same thing? Because I feel like most psychologists that deal with schizophrenics, they're like, right, who are these negative thoughts coming from? What's their name? What's their backstory? Can I speak to them? They'll have like like therapy sessions where they'll specifically focus on one of the, the personalities that exists in the person's head. And the issue is that, yeah, there's not really a way to actually lock them up or get rid of them because they have existence, but it's healthier to name them and confront them. So... I, I think it's quite interesting because really the Tulpamancers are just suggesting to do the same thing. It's really
0: the same process. And it... Well, on the negative side of <laughs> Tulpas, for instance, Slenderman's quite a good one there because it started off as a made-up monster that was made up on creepypasta on the internet. Mm-hmm. But because so many people now believe in Slenderman, it could mean that they have created Slenderman for real in another, like dimension or something like that Mm -hmm. so by everyone thinking about slender man it's the power of thought the power of naming something naming something gives it reality so they say that you like another ancient egyptian thing is that they say that you have two like two deaths your first death is your human death and your second death is when someone forgets your name the last person to say your name or have thoughts about you so if there's no one alive that thinks about you anymore, then you die a second time.
1: And that's not, like that's quite common to a good few cultures. I, I think there's a version of that in um, Inuit culture. There's definitely a version of that in um, the sort of native peoples of South America. I think quite a few different native groups of South America have a really similar idea to that. So, yeah, there does seem to be... Like, that seems to stand in lots of ancient cultures all over the world. There does seem to be something. You, yeah, you, and
0: it... it was people
1: think there's something in it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's the reason why, like, in uh, Hinduism, they have avatars and they offer uh, offerings to them. They put garlands around as if they're our view. You know, they're the representations of them on earth. So by offering them, say, milk or putting garlands around them, you're acknowledging their existence. Yeah. But if you don't do that, say, like, if you think about the old gods, because now prevailing, it's, like, mostly Christian or Islamic now. Um, So, if you think of Odin, people used to genuinely believe in Odin. They believed in Zeus. But gradually, those gods got forgotten about, and therefore, they lost their power. But if you, say, have a relationship with Odin, again, then that gives him power back. Does that make sense? Yes. It brings them back to life. So it's like the thought, like, see, Christians pray to Jesus. Christians pray to God. So if they pray enough, then they can manifest their beliefs and their wishes. It's,
1: yeah, how it, do I don't want to explain? It kind of links to what I'm going to talk about later. Oh, but okay. One of the ideas of, like, multiple realities is that if anything could exist, then it does exist somewhere. And one of them would be, like, there will be a universe that has, that the Christian God is actually there, like as an actual omnipresent being, where sometimes they will appear on air. I not... think a good
0: example that I can think of. Sorry to talk over you. I think there's a good example I can think of in the the program or the book series American Gods. Have you ever watched that?
1: Uh, American Gods is one of my favourite books. So I love right, you
0: right. So you'll know what I'm going to say, right? So in I've I've not read the books, but I've seen the program. I've, yeah, the, the program, the drama that's um, been made. I've only seen it on Amazon Prime. But there's a, I think there was an episode where they go and visit Easter. Yes. And she has to live with Jesus. <laughs> and there's loads of different versions of Jesus because of what people have thought up. And she's pissed off because not many people worship her anymore. They worship Jesus more. And so she's down in the pecking order and she wants to become more powerful again, not as a forgotten god. Yeah. So that's another one, that's another example of a god that used to be venerated, but then another culture or religion took over, and she became forgot- more forgotten about. And I there's mean, yeah, no venerated. idea of
1: anything that people can think of will exist somewhere, mm-hmm. but that means that at some point in time, people will, there'll be no one who knows the name of Yostra, so does that mean yeah. it, there's not a universe where she does exist? her the the forgetting of her name is wiped out of reality or a reality whereas
0: it would only be wiped out completely
1: jesus every year so is that at some point or or there'll never be a point where jesus won't exist
0: well like the only point where they won't exist like i said was if the last person forgets about them completely like if they were completely all the literature all the scholarship on these people these gods disappeared then obviously that's when they die as well because no one knows them so even if one person knew who Eostra was she would still exist but in a very very extremely weak capacity because there's only one person so in American gods they need more worshippers that's what they're looking for Odin wants worshippers so that he can become powerful
1: it's almost like if only one person believes in Eostra, then she's their tulpa. But if yeah. an entire religious community believe in Eostra, then she's a god.
0: Exactly. And she'll have more power. So another um, example of a tulpa is in the series and films of Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. So David Lynch has taken the tulpa and put it into Twin. his of Twin Peaks now I love David Lynch films I love the surreal you have to really open your mind to the weirdness of David Lynch and not take it literally it takes a lot of work to kind of figure out and it can really melt your brain if you watch his films or his TV shows so one of the char- the main character in Twin Peaks is Agent Dale Cooper and he ends up in a place called the Black Lodge which is sort of a, like another dimension where these spirits reside Mm -hmm. and in order to there was an evil character called bob who in the recent series of twin peaks was born of a nuclear bomb going off which sort of created some sort of evil spirit that gave birth to bob so he's like the manifestation of humanity's evil by you know like exploding a nuclear bomb which is inherently evil so he exists and then in this dimension called the black lodge in order to escape the black lodge into the real world he created a doppelganger of agent dale cooper and the way the way that they create tulpas in the twin peaks universe is they have to have a piece of the human the host like a bit of their hair or some sort of organic matter to create a doppelganger or their tulpa Mm-hmm. So this happens in the Black Lodge at the end of Season 2. It looks like Dale escapes back into the real world, but in actual fact he didn't. He's stuck in the Black Lodge, and his doppelganger, created his tulpa, escaped in the form of Agent Dale Cooper. And he stays in the Earth reality for 25 years. And only people who knew Dale Cooper who come across this doppelganger of him version of Dale know that he's not quite right, that he's not actually Dale, because they know the real Dale, and you can tell that this doppelganger isn't truly him. And in the Twin Peaks universe, it is said that he knows, the doppelganger knows, that he's going to be pushed back into the Black Lodge on a certain date. So what he does to prevent that is to create another toolpath of Dale Cooper to take his place in the Black Lodge. So... (laughs) I'll, read, I'll just tell you a bit of history about the Tulpa and Twin Peaks. So Tulpa's existed of a character called Lois Duffy, and as she's mentioned in, um, in Twin Peaks, you never see her, but it's mentioned that she killed her on tul- Tulpa. So in Washington 1975, Duffy killed her Tulpa, who said, I'm like the blue rose before dying and disappearing. The case was investigated by FBI agents Gordon Cole and Philip Jeffries, the tulpas final words were used in the naming the task force that Colin and Jeffries belong to, Operation Blue Rose. Diane Evans is a character in Twin Peaks who's Dale Cooper's secretary that he always refers to, but you never see her. Yes. But in the 2017 version of Twin Peaks, it was on recently, you do see Diane. She is played by... Laura Dern I love Laura Dern she's amazing in it right so Diane Evans Tulpa was created at a gas station by Cooper's doppelganger and he's called evil coop in the early 1990s in 2016 she assisted the FBI investigating the disappearance of Cooper and his apparent resurgence the doppelganger passing himself off as the original Cooper she received various messages from the doppelganger during this time until growing distressed and drawing a gun on agents Albert, Tammy, and Agent Gordon Cole. However, she was shot dead by the agents and was transported back to the Red Room where she disintegrated. So the real Diane Cooper, no, sorry, the real Diane Evans was stuck in the Red Lodge while her doppelganger, which was made by Evo Cooper, this is so confusing probably to you. No, I'm um, not. So he created the doppelganger of her so that she couldn't get the real Dale Cooper out of the Red Lodge. So he's trying to protect himself by creating all these doppelgangers so he can remain on Earth. Because he also created another um, tulpa known as Doogie Jones. So it looked exactly like Agent Dale Cooper, but he was just a, a fake person. And he was just a, like a tulpa that, that Evil Cooper created so that he doesn't have to go back to the the Red Lodge, Jones Joneswood, in his place. <laughs> the first was created as, ni- as late as 1997 as part of a ploy by Cooper Ganner to, to stay out of the Black Lodge. During his existence he was married to someone called Janie E Jones and he had a son which I think is so funny because he's called Sonny Jim Jones. Who
1: calls, <laughs> her,
0: who calls her son Sonny Jim?
1: <laughs> a choper apparently.
0: Yeah. But that's how you know it's, it's kind of weird that he, he's got a son called Sonny Jim. It's just not right. Yeah. Um, in 2016, he disintegrated in the Red Room after being transported there instead of the evil Coop doppelganger. The second Doogie Jones was created by Mike, who is a spirit that lives in the, the, the Black Lodge, under instruction from the real Dale Cooper, who has taken Jones' place in the cataconic state for several days as he returned to Janie and Sonny Jim. You really have to watch the programme to understand the tulpas in David Lynch's world. But essentially, the tulpas in David Lynch's world are just sort of fake people that have been manifested and created by other tulpas sometimes or by real people. But they have to have like a piece of their hair or a piece of their clothing. Or something like that in order to exist and once they go back to the place where they were created they just disintegrate back to nothing and the real person gets released or switched about so sort of like a possession in a way but you're yes yeah, it's, instead it's of yourself...
1: in to what you were talking about with the whole like you're stuck yeah, in the yeah. non-real world so that or you're in the non-real world so that they can be in the real world but in the david lynch case you're stuck in the non-real world so that they can be in the real world
0: yes And it can be for years on end. So that, so Doogie, um, no, the evil Cooper was there for 25 years and he knew he had to go back at some point. So in order to not go back, he created another tulpa to take his place so that he can still keep the real Dale Cooper stuck in the Red Lodge. So the only way that Dale Cooper could save himself was to create his own tulpa to fight (laughs) his evil tulpa.
1: It's a um, whole
0: lot of tilpas. There's so much about tulpas that fascinate me. There's so many different things, and there's an also right just to wrap this up. There's um a couple episodes of the X Files as well that had tulpas in them. But mm-hmm. so one of them was one of their Monster of the Week episodes in the nineties. Did you watch the X Files, Mark? Ever? I
1: did. Um, I I, I watched um both the X Files when I was. A teenager and Twin Peaks when I was wee because they're two of my mum's favourite shows so
0: okay I've
1: never so- re either of them so I'm aware of them but I feel like they're not you know crystal clear in my memory
0: well recently I revisited and watched all of the X-Files episodes from the start to the most recent ones and um, you can get all the seasons on Amazon so if you want to binge watch them all or re-familiarize yourself with them I suggest you do that But there's an episode where there's a guy and he lives in this suburban neighbourhood and there's people that keep getting killed because he doesn't like the way that they've done their garden or something. He's like, you know, one of these people that have to have everything Mm so-so. And if he doesn't, if you don't conform to his standards, then he gets annoyed. And the way he tackles this is he creates these tulpas out of mud. So he's creating a mud tulpa that goes out and kills these people and then they go back into mud. So how do you So Mulders basically Mulder and Scully are investigating that and that's basically how they solve the case because well obviously Scully's like, Well, what the fuck are you talking about? You can't mud people can't kill people. But Mulder's like, Yeah, he's created this tool power of mud. And then like I said, that the only way that it, the killings could stop is because the guy who was creating them died, so therefore the mud monsters died as well. He was creating his own tulpas so basically, I, instead of him
1: swapping bodies with his tulpa he was building a body for his tulpa
0: yeah yeah building bodies for these tulpas and his hatred of, of his neighbors not conforming to the standards of the the estate that he's in for made him create these mud monsters that he manifested his hatred onto so that they became real they created they Became form, and then went off and killed the people that you know didn't have the right colour of bin. <laughs> <laughs> and then later on, in one of the more uh, recent series of the X that uh, there was a thing called there was a thing called the Trash Man that was going about uh, killing rich people or like wealthy people, and they were saying that it was home. It was a homeless guy. was doing it but it turns out it was this artist that created this thing this character he's sort of like a like um a banksy sort of figure Mm -hmm. and he's created this character called the trash man or the band-aid man and he said that it was it was in reaction to how oppressed or how like down upon homeless people were treated by I don't know people aren't homeless people with money, <laughs> and oh, look, yeah. <laughs> and he put all his energy and his passion into that character as a metaphor, but as a result of that, unintentionally created tulips that he said that he eventually just couldn't control them, and they went out and killed people. I mean,
1: if they're only killing Tories, then <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, they go out and kill like sort of Tories or Republicans or whatever yeah it's fine there's so much um, information about tulpas in terms of like tibetan culture and buddhist religion but in the buddhist religion it's not the same as these tulpamancers it's a whole different thing like i say with the dalai lama and everything It's really something that I would probably recommend that you do some research and more reading into if you're more interested in tulpas. Um, Would you... I think I might have created my own tulpa when I was younger.
1: Do you think Big Fat Cheeks was an evil tulpa?
0: No, no, I don't think he was a tulpa because I would never have created him. Why would I imagine something that would terrify me? in a way.
1: Who or what is the tulpa you created then?
0: I think... Well... When I was back in primary school I used to take, I used to spend a lot of time on my own so I think I imagined like a sort of 18th century type guy and I would speak to him in my mind as sort of like a imaginary companion and then over the years it sort of became like someone who would appear when I was feeling down or anxious who would appear and say no you're okay come on you can do this and sort of things like sort of I, like what the the um tulpamancers say that they end up doing is yeah. that when they're having mental health issues their tulpas come and, and help them out or sort of whisper things to them like I love you or you're okay don't worry things like that but then over the years the tulpa that I think I created is which worries me now because I didn't realise it was a tulpa until now that I p- potentially might have created there and that I've now that I'm an adult, I've pushed that topa to the back of my mind and I don't think about him anymore or suppress it. That's, but it's still there.
1: That's toolpath, obvious. You're a bad owner.
0: <laughs> maybe I should reconnect with him. Yeah. But I don't want to in case I go mental. <laughs> but then they're saying you're not mental.
1: It'll be fine. I'll know what's going on. So if people are like, leslie has gone mad, I'll be like, nah, she's chatting to her topa, leave her alone.
0: Okay. I feel like maybe I should create another Tulpa. To become a companion to that tulpa, so then it's not... It it has someone to be with, rather than missing me.
1: You should create a second you for it to hang out with.
0: Okay, I'll do that. I'll work on that then. I'll create a tulpa for my tulpa, and then I won't feel so bad about it.
1: Yeah.
0: Do you think you've ever created a tulpa?
1: I don't know. I mean...
0: Or would
1: you... He was a tulpa, but... Because I suppose I only saw her when I wasn't feeling well. But I don't know if she was a tulpa. I don't know if I actively created her. So I'm not sure. I'm not I'm not sure I have had a tulpa.
0: now that you know about tulpas, would you consider creating one or encouraging others to do so? Mm,
1: yes, but not for the original reasons that I thought.
0: You definitely don't want to bang
1: No, I don't want to bang my tulpa. I think it's weird. I think it's wrong. I'm a tulpa. <laughs> um, but I'd maybe like yeah. to create a tulpa that was like, I don't know, a little cactus with like eyes and a mouth that could walk about and just have a chat with them. That'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> like a little, yeah. a little enchanted being tulpa friend. Um. Yeah, that'd be cool. So Is yeah, like I I'd like my own little little topa buddy. Is your cat still there? Keanu Reeves, I'll just have to suggest real Keanu Reeves.
0: Well, you can, there's nothing to stop you from creating a tulpa that looks, has the appearance of Keanu Reeves. It doesn't mean Keanu, the real Keanu Reeves is going to be affected by it or somehow disappear.
1: I know, but I don't want my tulpa to be sexy because I, I don't want to want to have sex with my tulpa. So I'm going okay. to make non sexual tulpa.
0: <laughs> you can have sex with your tulpas as long as it's consensual and you're not just purely creating a tulpa because you're some sort of incel and have no means of getting other like sexual gratification.
1: I disagree. Let us know over Facebook or <laughs> um, Instagram if you are a Topa banner or a Topa print. Okay. A
0: okay, well i I think I've gone on a bit about my own Topas. Um so please do tell me I'm I'm very intrigued about what you're gonna talk about.
1: Okay, so to be fair, there what I, I say to be fair as though I planned this. There were a couple of bits in your explanation of Topas where I think there's there's links, so there are some common threads. So I want to look at creatures from beyond the Axis mundi, which might not make any sense, but I'll, I'll go a bit and we'll see if we get there. So first we have to kind of understand the idea of multiple realities. So... Most physicists nowadays think that there are multiple universes, which I suppose would count as multiple realities. But there's different ways to think about it. It could mean that there was more than one Big Bang, which means that there are multiple distinct realities that don't necessarily have any link to one another. So we could be in our reality, there could be another reality where humans evolved to have heads for hands and potatoes for heads. (laughs) i don't know why that's what came into my head there could be another reality where humans didn't evolve at all and the dominant species is some sort of tiny elephant like we don't know and there's also the other theory that there's multiple universes which contain multiple realities which are what you might call like slight change worlds so there might be one where you were born male, there might be one where humans evolved from cats, but we still exist, we just are more feline than ape-like. There's like a slight change at some point in history that makes everything different. And there's no way to know which one of them is correct, but most physicists think that one of those things is real. So that's the kind of now linking into what the Axis Mundi is. And then if we go way, 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 way back to Vedic people, who were the sort of religion that came before Hinduism, So Hinduism is obviously one of the oldest existing religions. It's just over 4,000 years old. But it kind of evolved out of Vedic belief, which was a polytheistic belief. So obviously that means they had lots of gods. And their most important god was a god called Soma. But Soma was not represented by Soma. It was literally a plant. It's a now extinct plant. So there was a plant that grew in the sort of Indus Valley region, That was called the Soma plant, and they worshipped this as one of their gods. And the reason they did this is because when they took the fruit of the Soma and made juice out of it, the juice would then be consumed by the Vedic priests, and it would induce the experience, they believed, of removing the veil between what they called the noumenal and the... Well, they didn't call it the noumenal and the phenomenal. That's the words we call it. So the noumenal and the phenomenal. So the noumenal is the word that we use for what they would describe as reality as we see it in this universe and then the phenomenal is the modern word that we use for all realities viewable at once so they thought that if you drank basically if you drank this specific type of fruit juice rather than just seeing our reality all realities kind of bled together and you could see all of them so you were removing the veil that separated these realities
0: wow that's crazy i don't know how that would look
1: it also, when you were talking about like tulpas and the kind of magical mind world you could go to, it kind of, in a way, made me think of that because I'm like, well, if you could remove the veil between the tulpa realities and our realities, then everyone would be able to see each other's tulpas, I suppose. But yeah, I don't, I'd don't. i be intrigued to see what that looked like. And I've got more information on it. I shall expand further. But obviously, the kind of ideas which I'll go on and look at, unless you experience it, you can't know what it's like to experience it.
0: Well, yeah. I've never taken acid or any sort of hallucinogen because I I believe in, I definitely think there are multiple universes or multiple dimensions, but I don't want to open that veil myself because I fear that it will make me insane. And I don't like being not in control of my own reality. And I say my own reality because I don't know whether what I'm experiencing is the true reality or the true
1: well, the like possibility of that insanity is where the word awesome comes from because actually, Ooh. the 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 word awe is a very 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 old Vedic word, and that was what these priests said that that's when you experienced it all at the one time you were in awe. But we tend to only use that in the positive context of this is so amazing, I'm overwhelmed, and I'm going to have a wee cry. But what it actually means is exactly that, like experiencing all the realities at once is all consuming it's overwhelming so depending on your mental state you could either have some sort of transcendental experience that did reduce you to tears because it was so wonderful or it could mean that you just go completely mad yeah and
0: that's a risk i don't want to take
1: well you don't well obviously i was going to say you don't necessarily have to consume any mind-altering substance like soma. You can't consume soma. It doesn't exist anymore. But this is where the idea of the Axis Mundi comes in. So the Axis Mundi also was developed by, the idea started in um, Buddhist mysticism as well, so much like your topa idea. But the actual term Axis Mundi was coined by Mircea Ilaid, who was a Romanian philosopher who lived in the 1950s. And he came up with the word to describe this Buddhist idea that linked to the Vedic idea of seeing the highest to the lowest realms all at the one time, as opposed to simply seeing our realm. So he would say that's the word he gave it, the Axis Mundi. So when you access the Axis Mundi, you're in a state of mind where rather than just seeing our realm, you're seeing all realms. And that's what he said from the, the lowest realm to the highest realm.
0: Do you see them all at once or can you visit them one at a time?
1: There's a couple of different ideas about it. So it's the overall, like generally, regardless of how you're looking at it, it's the idea that there's a place on earth that is a central point for all worlds or there's some places on earth that are a central point from all worlds. And if you pass through it, you can see other worlds. And then it's not, it depends from thinker to thinker or from person who's apparently experienced it to person who's apparently experienced it whether that means you experience them all at the one time or you can switch between realities.
0: Yeah, so, like, could you go to one of these other worlds and then if you like it, you could just stay there, like, or you do you go there as a tourist and then the people from the other worlds can come into the Earth realm, for instance, like where we are?
1: So there's a story, I say a story, an interview uh, with a Spanish woman called Lorena Garcia. Okay, so I'm, I'm just going to read some chunks of the interview with her to you. So basically, she believes that she accessed the Axis Mundi. And when she was in it, she effectively wasn't a tourist. She thinks she's fallen from her universe into our universe. So she basically had the ability to come here as a tourist, but has got stuck. So she said, there's just a couple of bits in the interview with her. So blah, 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 access Monday. thinks it exists. One day I woke up and found that everything was different. Nothing spectacular or having to do with any kind of time travel or anything like that. I simply woke up in the same year and day on which I went to sleep, but many things were different. They were small things, but sufficiently important to know that there was a point at which everything was different. So she believed that she'd entered the Axis Mundi but without actually choosing to do so. She hadn't chosen where to visit. She just ended up in her sleep somehow accidentally accessing it. So she said she got up, she started to get ready but she noticed that there were several things that were different. Um, she went to work in her car which she was parked where she normally parked it and she went to the office that she'd worked in for the last 20 years and it was the same office. But when she got to her department, it wasn't her department. It has names, sorry, it had a name on the door that wasn't hers. And she thought she'd accidentally gone to the wrong floor, but no, it was her own floor. She went over to the office's wireless section and looked herself up and she did still work there, but she worked in a different department and her boss was somebody she'd never met before. She went to her department and she said she began to feel ill realising what had happened, so she left. She checked her handbag and all the contents of her handbag were the same as the day before. Her credit cards, her work ID cards, everything that she normally carried, there was nothing changed there. She went to the doctor and asked to undergo a drug and alcohol test to see if she'd been spiked or something, but she hadn't, she was perfectly clean. She went to work the next day and managed to sort of make her way through the day by asking questions, but she continued to feel uneasy and confused as to how she got here without choosing to visit here and then later in the article she says this is an article from news.com. so she said it's been sorry I've been separated from my partner of seven years for just over six months we broke up and shortly afterwards I started a relationship with a guy from my neighborhood I know him perfectly well having been with him for four months now I know his name I know his surname I know his address I know where he works I know the name and that was son from another relationship. I know where his son goes to school. Well, I tried to look him up and he no longer exists. He appears to have existed be- in my previous reality before I jumped into this reality. I have no trace of him now. I hired a detective to try to find him. He does not exist anywhere in the world. I cannot access the Axis Mundi and return to my own reality. I visited a psychiatrist and he says that it's just that I'm under extreme, extreme stress He thinks that I hallucinated my former boyfriend uh, Augustine, and that nothing that I'm saying happened or has changed has actually happened. He says these things didn't exist. My previous job role didn't exist. Augustine didn't exist. He doesn't live in the apartment that he used to live in, and I cannot find his son because they do not exist. I swear to you that I am very sane. I am just not from this reality.
0: That's really scary. That's that's actually horrible. Yeah. Losing, you had a whole life, and then losing that. But where's the? So, presuming she's she exists in this other reality, there would be another version of her here. So, where does that person go? There two of her.
1: No, I'm not sure because people who believe in the Axis Moon they aren't entirely sure how it is that you get here. Because if it's the so there's the idea again that there's like realities where everything's just slightly altered. So like you could in theory swap bodies with another Leslie. But then if there's not actually a Leslie in every reality, they're not really sure how it works. Some believe that there are those who just have the ability to access the Axis Mundi wherever and whenever they are. So they would say that they would say that Lorena mm-hmm. one of those people but they're not sure how she got here and where other Lorena's gone. And then there are others that believe in the Axis Mundi that would say that her story doesn't add up with what they believe because they believe that there are multiple Axis Mundis, but you have to actively go to them and be somebody with the ability to access them. They think that on sites with a buildup of positive psychic energy, such as ancient religious sites, mountain tops, or the bottom of deep caverns, if you are someone with the ability to access the Axis Mundi, you can go to one of these spots and do it. But yeah, you'd then be going like a tourist. So if there was another Leslie in another reality, you wouldn't be swapping with them. If you went to that reality, you would be where that Leslie was. She wouldn't have vanished. And then there's others that think when you go to one of these spots and access the Axis Mundi and you can see all of reality at once, you're not necessarily seeing every single universe you're seeing every single universe that has a Leslie through the eyes of every Leslie at the one time, so everything's kind of merging into one.
0: It sounds like the plot of the OA. Yes, Netflix.
1: that's why that? there's a. They didn't actually talk about the Axis Monday in the OA, but this is when I first looked it up because when she goes to that place, that's like black and
0: with the trees. Yeah, yeah,
1: that is apparently a common visual representation of the axis mundi which is why they chose that to use as the representation for when she goes there so i can't remember how i ended up finding that out but i was obsessed with the oe like i can't believe it's being cancelled yeah there's absolutely. a whole
0: bunch of people that were absolutely devastated that they cancelled it because... um,
1: it's like one of the best shows i've seen in years but yeah I, can't remember how I found out what the image was but i did and it said i think i was reading an interview with her and she said, "Well, oh, we chose to use imagery representing the Axis Mundi for those sections, which is why I then looked it up, which is how I then fell into this rabbit hole of looking um, up all of these ideas. It does definitely like to go back to your previous thing, though, Some in some people's minds to um, LSD or masculine or uses of drugs such as that.
0: Because
1: Huxley, um who obviously wrote about all of those kind of drug uses, And he was really interested in the Axis Mundi as well. It's where his ideas came from. So he believed that human brains had evolved to stop us from seeing and hearing other aspects of our realities. So basically, he thought that there are plenty of animals that are seeing all realities at the one time. But we've evolved to not do that. Why? He said our brains narrow our vision to our immediate reality basically because we would because of our level of intelligence we would find it overwhelming but he believed by mastery of meditation which again was looking at these kind of buddhist mystic ideas that we could safely see beyond this veil he believed things which are generally classed as unexplainable tricks of the mind or hallucinations often in children those near to death or those who are like really clearly in touch with nature and the natural world were not delusions, but they were insights into a world that most of us can't see.
0: Is there a theory that when you die, you go to a different dimension or a different realm, and then you live out a life there, and then you die there, and then you go to a different realm again?
1: Yeah, so, again, it's not actually agreed upon, but um, Marcia Allade, so the guy that coined the term, he definitely, when he was talking about the lower and higher realms... He would include, which again is kind of lifted from Buddhism, your death realms in that. So the idea of going to hell and coming back or going to heaven and coming back, it's maybe that there are some realities that you can only access without a physical body. And they are two examples, as is like nirvana. They're all these um, death ideas are all actually... When you are so close to death that you've been able to access the Axis Monday and you've had an outer body experience, so you've accessed one of these realities that only a spirit can go to, and maybe when we die, your spirit does go to one of those realities.
0: Fucking hell, Mark! You've just blown my mind. I like, knew
1: you'd enjoy this.
0: <laughs> honestly, I'm starting to think, well, what reality do I live in? What dimension do I live in? What, where, where are we right now?
1: There's also the whole thing, and I'd like us to like look at the Mandela effect at some point it kind of interesting, but there's also people who believe in the Axis Mundi that have the idea that if there are realities that are only subtly different, actually you might have done what Lorena has done and slipped from one reality into another well asleep without realizing you've accessed the Axis Mundi. And that's why there was some tiny, tiny change like, I don't know, Chitara was called Laparda. in in your reality and that's the only change where you don't believe the same thing about thundercats as everyone else but actually you've slipped into an entirely different reality and don't know because the change is so subtle
0: well see this is another thing that blew my mind because my boyfriend david mentioned this and i hadn't thought about it before he said it he said that the reason why that there's a whole mass worldly loss of memory and certain things like people thought that nelson mandela was already dead before he died or the the line from star wars like look i am your father and all of this kind of thing was a result of the hedron collider um being triggered and by doing that it created it basically pushed us out of our current universe into another one. So it, that, it actually killed it killed the universe and then pushed us into the next dimension.
1: That is theoretically possible, especially linked to like the first thing I was talking about. Because yeah, the uh, some of the ideas of the physicists is again that there was multiple big bangs. So basically, there was multiple God particles, and each of the realities is focused around one of them. And the point of the Large Hadron Collider experiment was to create a God particle, which is what, if these multiple realities are real, some physicists think they're formed around. So, yeah, that that would make sense. And it would make sense as to why people have different memories as well, because maybe it's only people who could access the Axis Mundi that were forced or shifted over into another reality. And maybe those who remember it one way are from the reality that was destroyed, and those who remember it the other way are from this reality, and don't realise that like their loved ones have been forced out their bodies and replaced with somebody else who also doesn't realise that.
0: Yeah, I think it's just the the, the whole idea that those scientists, by put, turning on the Large Hadron Collider, have destroyed an entire universe that we know
1: of. It's perfectly possible. It's, it's also it. possible that they destroyed, but also created an entire new universe, because if a if it worked in another reality, and that's how everything got shifted here then the god might have then formed another universe around about it so there might be a new reality and the accessible realities that was made to replace the previous reality that we've been forced out of
0: and then maybe this reality that we've now we're now living in because of that is is a little bit shitter and that's how trump ended up president and how we ended up with boris johnson that had they not triggered that large hedron collider we might have ended up in a better place than we are now?
1: Possibly. Place. Maybe that, make you know, stupid people, like stupid right wing people as well, are like, like for example, when you talk about refugees' rights, and they're like, and I said this to you, I think, a couple of weeks ago, like, my granddad didn't fight in the war for refugees to be able to come here, and it's like, well, your granddad did fight in the war for refugees yeah. to come here, that was the point of the war. Maybe you're right, and we're being forced into some sort of extreme right wing reality where actually we were both in error and when they're saying that it's because in the history of this reality we were the like we were the Nazis basically.
0: Yeah it's like in Rick and Morty when uh, Rick goes into all these different dimensions and they're all like fascist dimensions. <laughs> different fascist.
1: I mean yeah. I think we're in a fascist dimension unfortunately. Yeah. On the note of like being able to go to other dimensions or things from other dimensions being able to come here a former ufologist john keel who was kind of like a big name in ufology but then stopped being a ufologist and the reason he stopped is because he believed that many reports of ghosts cryptids and ufos were actually linked to this idea of the axis mundi so if you're seeing a ghost the idea that some people say they're like slight like they're you know Buried in the floor, like walking through the floor if you want, or walking through walls, or walking slightly raised off the air, or partially see-through, is because you're someone with the gift to access the Axis Mundi, and you are seeing through the eyes of another you. So the reason that it's see-through is because you're seeing partially in our reality and partially in theirs. Or the reason it's walking through a wall is because in the reality of Leslie 2 there isn't a wall there so you're actually just viewing a reality where everyone dresses in victoriana because it's like high fashion and there happens to be a doorway in your house there where there's not a doorway in your house here
0: yeah i totally buy that theory i i would definitely believe that over it's a dead person or it's a ghost that makes a lot more sense to me and then
1: His idea about cryptids and UFOs, I feel, makes sense as well, where he says, again, if you're someone with the ability to slip into another reality through the Access Mundi, but you don't know that, if you see Bigfoot or if you see a UFO, it's actually because you're slipping into the other reality where UFOs are how the people in that reality travel or where Bigfoot is an existing Mm. creature in that reality, and the reason why... Lots of these sightings are in the deep woods or on top of mountains or are in deep caverns is because that's where these apparent axis mundi points are. You're at somewhere that's like built up a lot of positive psychic energy. So you're temporarily slipping through. And that's why you're then in the reality where Bigfoot exists and you can see Bigfoot. Wow. So
0: your brain thinks you're still in your own reality. So the only way that you can make sense of that is that the brain just wants to make up its own story. Yes, it doesn't know. It's it's slipped into a different dimension partially. Yeah, makes sense.
1: Three kind of big bits of evidence to back up his idea. Um, so we've got the man from Tored, uh, We've got the tall men, and we've got the green children. The Do tall men. Preference of which one you'd like to, me to present to you first?
0: Well, the tall men just yeah. makes me shiver with. Anxiety,
1: because you know how I feel about tall men. I know, I did think that when I was reading it. Do you want me to do that one first then so we can get you out of the way? Okay, so the evidence of the tall men is lifted from a Utah police report uh, given by a girl who was travelling with three other girls in May in 1972. Uh, The police officer who gave the report said... The young ladies had been driving on black asphalt, or reported they'd been driving on black asphalt in the desert. Um, Sorry, this, by the way, is taken from beforeitsnews.com. Right. Um, So they were driving on black asphalt in the desert, but after taking a wrong turn, they said they found themselves driving on white cement, surrounded by grain fields on one side and a large lake on the other. They obviously thought this was odd because you don't tend to get roads laid with white cement, least of all in the desert. They spotted a building with a large neon sign, but the sign was covered in illegible random squiggles and shapes. It wasn't. It didn't have letters on it. It was just like the, you know, <laughs> you know, the start of Saved by the Bell.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it was like
0: <laughs> 80s floating, graphics.
1: Yeah, those floating neon graphics. Yeah. yeah. As they pulled in for assistance, a large group of tall men poured out of the door. And they seemed shocked and upset and almost human, but didn't actually fully appear to be human. They began to wave their arms at the girls and the girls freaked out and began to drive. While the girls turned and were driving away, they noticed that in the car park there were four peculiar egg-shaped tricycle wheel-styled vehicles rather than cars. They sped ahead until the building and mysterious vehicles were out of sight. And when they reached the canyon that they turned off at, they drove all the way back through it. And as they drove, they eventually found themselves on a familiar desert road, glad to be back. And they went to the police to report what they'd seen.
0: Yeah, imagine how that went down.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Imagine they were all arrested for being on smack. But apparently they weren't, there was no drugs in their system, there was no alcohol in their system and they were insistent that they'd seen what they'd seen, which again yeah, it's got that kind of weird uncanny valley quality where nothing there is actually completely insane but it's just all odd that they were on this white cement road rather than a black tar road, that there was something about the people that just seemed not right, they were all male and they were all taller than you'd expect them to be, that the sign didn't have letters on it and that there was these weird vehicles, and those were the only vehicles they saw.
0: I've heard stories about that before. That they call it time slips, um, where they think they've they've sort of somehow gone back in time or ended up somewhere out of time. Where there was a, like, for instance, there's a quick story about how uh, often if they're they're driving along a road, and then they see like an old-fashioned car that looks like from the 1930s. And they pass by and they look at each other, the passenger side, or the drivers look at each other, and each person looks surprised to see them. Like, what the fuck is that? (laughs) And that could be someone in another dimension seeing someone else in another dimension that's totally unfamiliar with them. And it's like, oh my god, that's weird kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I think.
0: So those tall men might have seen those girls and went, what the fuck is that? That's like us seeing a ghost.
1: Yeah, like maybe, maybe they were freaking freaked involved. out because they actually were freaked out because they were like, yeah. those things don't look properly human to them and they're in some sort of weird vehicle we've never seen before. What's going on?
0: Exactly. I love that idea. Maybe Big Fat Cheeks was from another dimension and that's why I seen that hand come through the door.
1: Maybe Big Fat Cheeks was like harassing a Leslie from another dimension and you could see him through her eyes.
0: Possibly. And that's why when I thought I was hallucinating, I wasn't. It was just seen through a veil of a different dimension or the, what's it called?
1: Uh, Through the Axis Mundi.
0: Through the Axis Mundi when I was a child and I've lost that ability now.
1: But then that's, again, it ties in with what they said that quite often it's children that can see through it. It's people near death that can see through it. And it's people who are like really at one with the natural world, which I think is linked to the whole sort of idea of an ancient culture's, the people who could see beyond the veil or beyond this realm or beyond whatever you want to call it tended to be the sort of holy men and holy women and holy people. So, so they... maybe
0: that's where the Tulpa comes from as well, like um, in a different kind of form, whereas the mancers have interpreted the Tulpa in a different way to the ancient religions. Whereas yeah, maybe it...
1: you're something from an empty reality through, like the reason it's just your Tulpa and their reality is maybe that's the case. Maybe they live in a reality where it's just them and you're allowing them access to our reality.
0: Yeah, and you're it's like a restricted version of the, the the realms where they're only able to access one of them and it's it's tied to your own mind. They can't get beyond that. That white eyes with them.
1: Again, as you said earlier, it's not necessarily a bad thing if you do give these things access, even if they're not then tied to you. Um so the other two stories, so we've got the man from Tourette and the Green Children are both stories about beings coming through the Axis Mundi to our reality. We've got the man from uh, Tored. So in 1954 uh, in Tokyo, a man was stopped for a routine check while he was going through customs. So he seemed a bit dazed. He said he nodded off on the plane, but he was like, yeah, that's fine, that's fine. So allegedly this man told customs he was in Japan for business and then he showed them his passport, which had legitimate I visa stamps. A story, Mark.
0: Story. I love it. Carry on. It's so good, isn't it? Yeah. Um,
1: it? had legitimate visa stamps and currency from multiple European countries. Uh, but he also had checks from an unknown bank and a driver's license, which said it had been issued in Torret. He went to stay sorry, he was sent to a local hotel to stay while things were sorted out. Two immigration officers stood outside the hotel door. But when they went to check on him in the morning, he'd vanished. This was from 15 stories up above a busy street, so escaping through the window was unlikely, if not impossible. Uh, the Tokyo Metropolitan Police Department searched, but never located, the man from Tyred. And it mirrors the story of Jofar Voren. So, uh, in a small German fishing village in 1851, there was multiple stories of people meeting a man called Jofar Vorin, who... Spoke reasonably good German, but was apparently from a country called Saqueria and had learned how to speak German um, and was communicating with people because he believed he'd been in a shipwreck. His brother was also on the ship and he was trying to locate them, but there hadn't been a shipwreck. Nobody knew what he was talking about. Nobody knew who he was or how he would got there. And nobody had ever, ever heard of a country called Saqueria. And again, eventually he just wasn't there anymore. Nobody saw him actively disappear, but he was just gone.
0: I love the airport story one. That is brilliant. The fact that, they, that someone actually witnessed that and seen his passport and everything. Yeah. And didn't know where he came from and then he just disappeared. <laughs> like he was. Even the man was confused when he was pulled up by customs about, well, why do you not know who I, where, this, where I'm from?
1: Yeah, the fact that he was kind of dazed and didn't know what was going on makes it. And same with the story of uh, Jopher Voren. He gave his okay. name, Seems confused that other people didn't know where Sacria was and didn't know about the shipwreck, <laughs> one, of which, well, one of which doesn't exist and one of which appeared not to have happened. And then we've also got the story of Green Ch- uh, the Green Children, the story of a woman called Agnes Barr. So back in the 12th century, two children, a brother and a sister, allegedly wandered into the village of Woolpit in Suffolk, England. Both of the children had green skin. Both of them couldn't speak English and spoke a language no one had ever heard before. They were wearing, this is a bit like the black-eyed kids, they were wearing clothes that were appropriate for the time, but somehow seemed bizarre, and initially refused to eat any food offered to them, other than when someone went to cook beans, at which point they started eating the raw beans. And that was the only thing they'd eat for... Like couple of weeks, they were taken in and cared for, and eventually they were adopted. They started eating food, and as time went on, they became less and less green. Eventually, they both appeared white. And shortly after their skin had turned fully white, the boy became sick and died. And I can't find a note of his name anywhere. Uh, The boy became sick and died, but after learning to speak English, the girl, Agnes. Um, explained to her adopted parents the bars that she and her brother were from a place where the sun didn't shine bright and she said that it was always at all points in time what we would describe as twilight. She and her brother were there uh, herding her dad's cattle on her parents farm when they heard some loud noises. They went towards the loud noises and were suddenly in a new place where they walked until they discovered a wool pit. The girl grew up and basically lived in her new surroundings, she got married, she had children, and basically lived and died in a dimension that she believed not to be her own. That's
0: so sad.
1: It is. From all accounts, apparently Agnes had a happy life, but obviously never saw her birth parents again because she was never able to return to this twilight world. Like, I did like in the story of Agnes and her brother that I thought it was really sweet that Yeah, they're not just immigrants, they're immigrants from some sort of other world. And and instead of people being like, "Ah, burn them or don't give them anything because they're not us, the very sort of now far right mentality that, yeah, people were like, they're just small green children, we better look after them, give them a bowl of raw beans.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised at that as well, because in medieval times, you would think if they saw green children that they would think they were demons or some sent from Satan
1: Yeah,
0: Yeah, and looked after them. But do you think because eventually they they were eating food that wasn't of their own dimension that the boy didn't live because of that? Because he turned white or he wasn't getting it? But then the the girl survived, so...
1: Yeah, I'm not... I wondered that myself because I thought it's interesting that he died shortly after... It's interesting that their skin stopped being green and it's interesting that he died shortly after their skin fully stopped being green because
0: you know how you said some people can cope with being other dimensions but other people can't yeah so maybe that's what happened to him and maybe the reason why their, their skin was green is because of the diet they have in that other dimension it was maybe mostly like vegetation or green like from their farm and that's why they could only eat beans
1: yeah that i mean i suppose that would make sense and yeah maybe it was just that yeah, he didn't adapt or couldn't adapt to being in our dimension, and she could. I also like that she went on to get married and have children, and that her descendants are out there somewhere, so there are yeah. beings from some sort of other world, definitely, or the descendants of beings from another world out there somewhere.
0: And also, also like- you are
1: you're a descendant of Agnes Barr, get in touch. Yeah.
0: You know, you also get people who claim that they've found photographs of like time travellers. Yeah, like A clip of a Charlie Chaplin film where there's an, an extra that looks like she's talking on a mobile phone or there's a guy that's been photographed amongst people with like, shorts and a t-shirt and glasses that don't look like it belongs in that era so they think he's a time traveller but maybe he's just from another dimension
1: Maybe Yeah, like a more advanced dimension Like you say, if like somebody from now slips through into a dimension where everything's still stuck like it was in the 1930s well, maybe when it was the 1930s here, somebody slipped from a dimension where they were that bit more advanced than us.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely a believer of that theory. And that explains, I do believe in the bubble universes, that there's so many different universes besides ours, some of which we'll never be able to, to access. Yeah. Unless it's accidental.
1: Unless you fall through the axis mundi.
0: Yeah. I love the axis mundi. I want to explore that now. I still won't take any hallucinogens, though. I don't think I can do it.
1: It's okay, we can just go stand on top of a really tall hill.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was a really... I loved that episode. I know it was a bit longer than usual, but I'm going to upload all of it.
1: Yeah, me too. I feel like I I learned a lot from you. I I found all the Tulpa information really interesting.
0: If a child came to you from another dimension that looked weird, would you adopt it and look after it?
1: Yeah, I like weird-looking children. (laughs) (laughs) Again, if it wasn't for the fact that the black-eyed children would curse me, like, if one of them showed up at my door, I'd probably be like, oh, you've got any eyes? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Little
1: Well,
0: maybe they come from another dimension. That's what an explanation from the black-eyed children. But I don't know why they insist on coming out of your house. Maybe they're a form of Topa.
1: Maybe they are from another dimension and they genuinely want to come into your house because they actually are scared. And maybe the reason that, like, people develop cancer and cats explode and stuff after they've been in contact with them I because of, again, the awe. They're part of the awesomeness, so you experiencing them and the otherworldliness of them, like, mutates your body's cells and makes your cats blow up.
0: I shouldn't laugh at that, but when you said makes your cat explode, it really made me laugh there. <laughs> <laughs> Imagining all these cats just exploding or imploding
1: all over the place. I am so, if you more sorry for them. Poor wee souls with no eyes, and every time they try to pet a cat, it blows up. <laughs>
0: because cats don't exist in their universe so it's just it's like a cancel each other out kind of thing
1: <laughs> what would you like us to look at next week leslie
0: well i think we should. Vote. i want to look at myths and films so urban legends and movies okay and hollywood so a, an obvious example would be when people used to think that there was a ghost in The Baby, Three Men and a Baby. I don't
1: know people used to think there was a ghost in Three Men and a Baby.
0: You've never heard that? No. I can't believe that, Mark. That was such an... Old, like, everyone was talking about that.
1: No, I've never heard that before.
0: I'm not going to tell you about it then until next week. Okay. Is there an explanation for it.
1: I will look it up. i look forward to finding out about it next week.
0: Right, so we're going to talk about Hollywood myths and films. Um, and that includes like curses supposed curses films like Superman and The Exorcist and stuff like that so cool. research that and I know this was a long podcast but I really hope that our crystal mythers enjoy it and yeah and maybe try and create your own tulpa. but remember it's a big responsibility because if you do manage to create a tulpa, it's going to be with you until you die
1: and if you have a tulpa, or you're from another reality beyond the Access Mundi Or your great great granny is Agnes Barr, then uh, get in touch. Let's (laughs) go. We're intrigued.
0: (laughs) I'd love to hear it. (laughs) That's that episode concluded, and I look forward to speaking with you next week, Mark. Yes. All All right. right
1: Speak to you and everyone else soon.
0: Okay. Bye. Bye. Okay, Yasmin. Bye as well. Bye, Yas. Okay. Correct me Chris so